I'm Brian Foster, and this is the Grindhouse Institute. On each episode of this podcast, Jeremy Floyd and I program a triple feature movie night. Each of the movies share common themes, and we discuss them here. Rap, you could join us for today's block we call Call Me Snake. Donning the eye patch, sleeveless shirt, and gray camouflage pants, Kurt Russell brought the role of Snake Plissken to life in Escape from New York. A favorite character of his, Russell, with his celebrity status and star power, was able to convince the studio to make a sequel to New York 15 years later with Escape from L.A. Rumor has it that a third movie had been in early talks, although we never got to see Escape from Earth come to life. Or did we? Promised immunity for a laundry list of international crimes, mysterious soldier-for-hire Snake Plissken is tasked with infiltrating the prison island of New York City and saving the president from the clutches of the Duke of New York. Donald Pleasance, Isaac Hayes, and Kurt Russell star in John Carpenter's Escape from New York from 1981. Promised immunity for a laundry list of international crimes, mysterious soldier-for-hire Snake Plissken is tasked with infiltrating the prison island of Los Angeles. Wait, didn't, didn't I just say that? There he will have to retrieve the MacGuffin disc with the power to kill all technology on Earth. Kurt Russell, Steve Buscemi, and Pam Greer star in John Carpenter's Escape from L.A. from 1996. Promised immunity for a laundry list of international crimes, mysterious soldier-for-hire snake, wait, no, uh, Snow, is tasked with infiltrating the island prison of, oh, come on, just hold on a second. Snow must infiltrate an orbiting prison, save the president's daughter, clear his name, and recover the MacGuffin before the government bureaucrats who forced him into the situation kill him. Guy Pierce, Maggie Grace, and Lenny James star in Escape from, er, uh, sorry, Lockout from 2012. Thank you for listening to the Grindhouse Institute. Please enjoy. This is the Police Channel, and this is Prime News. War hero, criminal, the force's most wanted man, convicted of 27 moral crimes, arrested two weeks ago on a charge of gunfighting for profit in New Vegas, Thailand, U.S. territory. What do you have to say, Blisco? Call me Snake. It was an accident. About an hour ago, a small jet went down inside New York City. The president was on board. President of what? That's not funny, Pliskin. Get a new president. We're still at war, Pliskin. We need him alive. I don't give a fuck about your war. Or your president. So, so what do I call you? Snow. Snow? What's your first name? Snow. Your name is Snow Snow? Well, that's just ridiculous. Brian was like texting me the other day. He's like, I think this is, I think we finally did it. I think we've hit rock bottom on one of the movies we've watched on the show. <laughs> I think it's worse than Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Yeah. I really do. The Matthew McConaughey wow. one. If you've seen that one, yeah. If you've seen that one, it's Matthew bad. Matthew McConaughey? And, and Renee Zellweger. Zellweger. Yeah. <laughs> What? Superstars. It, it got released, yeah. I think, right after these two blew up. And they're like, oh, great. We, we, get, we have a, oh, great. We have marketable stars star now. now. Yeah. yeah. Built-in promotion. Yeah. Yeah. But, whew, is it not good? <laughs> Highly recommended, though, from the Grindhouse Institute. Yeah. <laughs> check that out. It's better than Lockout, is what they say on the yeah. show. <laughs> That's going to be on the front of the Blu-ray re-release. Peter Travers from Rolling Stone says, it's better than Lockout. <laughs> I would love to see a movie like Tout, like just all the quotes that are shitting on other movies in yeah, comparison yeah. to them. It's not as good as the first. <laughs> Why me? You flew the Gulf Fire over Leningrad. You know how to get in quiet. You're all I've got. 
I guess I go in one way or the other. What if I'm a little late? No more Hartford Summit. No more Snake Plissken. When I get back, I'm gonna kill you. The Gulf Fire's waiting. All right, welcome back to the Grindhouse Institute. I'm Brian Foster, and with me as always is Jeremy Floyd. Hello, and how are you? Brian, <laughs> what did I teach you? What? What part is that from? <laughs> I can't hear you. You are the Duke of New York. Oh. <laughs> A number one. <laughs> Brian, did you even watch the movies today? I mean, your Donald Pleasance is perfect, so I'm surprised <laughs> I messed that up. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're talking Escape from New York today, 1981, Escape from L.A., 1996, and Lockout from 2012. <laughs> this is an interesting episode we're calling Call Me Snake for obvious reasons. Um, but uh, when we get to Lockout, I think we can get back into that. But these are uh, all movies, well, two of them at least, are uh, from John Carpenter. His only sequel that he's ever directed, Escape from L.A., oh, yeah. uh, from, his, uh, from his pantheon of films. And then Lockout, which uh, <laughs> is basically a remake, steal, or theft. I don't know what you'd call it, but at one point, John Carpenter did win a plagiarism lawsuit yeah. against this film. So uh, that's obviously why they went together. So, And today we have a very special guest with us. Jeremy, could you please do. do the introduction? Yeah, so we have uh, some fun movies and two arguable remakes of that first movie. Uh, and mm. um, thought it would be a lot of fun to have... Uh, a comedian, actor, and uh, all-around cinephile friend, Ryan Hitchcock. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Very excited yeah. to be here. Cinephile, huh? You're a big movie fan? Yeah, you know, I got a, I got a letterbox to count. <laughs> oh, so you're legit. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe just movie nerd. I don't know. How, how, would, you, how would you characterize yeah, it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I... Look, I mean, if you want to call me a cinephile, I'm not going to stop you. But <laughs> right. I don't know that I really have like the breadth and depth of knowledge yet yeah. that to, to be like, a cinephile really be called a cinephile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Movie nerd probably uh, probably makes up for that, I guess. Yeah, Covers I would it. say maybe like genre specialist. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Which yeah, genres okay. are you a specialist in, or is this across the board? Uh, I would say uh, largely kaiju films. Awesome. Godzilla. Um, I haven't uh, gotten through the Gamera series yet. but We've uh, been uh, talking about doing a kaiju uh, Halloween block. We we haven't done that though in yeah. the last couple of years, but yeah, that'd be great to have you on for that. Oh, yeah. I have recommendations. And speaking of giants on screen, we've got Kurt <laughs> Russell here. <laughs> Look at that segue. Kurt Russell movies this guy, and This man's professional. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us today to talk about these movies, uh, two of which I really, really enjoy, one of which I really, really, really enjoy, uh, one of which I, I didn't really care for going through, but yeah. that's kind of the joy of this I, I'm not show. sure which one it was that you didn't yeah, like. Yeah, no, no, you, you guys will have to I, guess. We'll, yeah. we'll stay till the end and I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get right into it here. Uh, call me Snake, call me Snow, um, yeah. I guess. Let's start with Escape from New York. Um, yeah. I'll give my initial Where it reactions all began. Uh, after seeing this for only the 50th time or so. Uh -huh. uh, so initial reactions. Um, it's like one of the best. And uh, for some reason, a movie from 1981 still holds up to this day in terms of effects and yeah. everything. And it just still works in so many levels. Um, I, I think a big part of that reason is James Cameron. 
was I know exactly uh, instrumental yeah. in doing the special effects. It's so like, he was all the matte paintings and all the uh, computer looking effects, right? That right, were all, all the flybys. Sort of, like fake computer graphics like they how brilliant right yeah it, it, because it was like so difficult to do computer graphics even wireframe stuff back then you know they just shot it sort of practically with you know black boxes and reflective tape so smart and yeah boom uh i actually i watched i i rented the blu-ray and so i watched a, a little nice. featurette about the uh special effects and it was very cool to see like this like very scrappy uh, special effects company that like bid on this movie right. and then oh, yeah. had yeah. to like come in with like the smallest bid for their budget, but then also match like the rather elaborate production design <laughs> of the onset footage. Right. Uh, and like the, the workarounds that they found for that stuff was, was brilliant. Uh, the thing that really struck me was for the, uh, the, uh, like the overhead shot of Manhattan they did in miniature Mm-hmm. They had like two photos of Manhattan to like work off because like you oh. know like pre-internet, <laughs> yeah, you know right. now yeah. you could like There's go no to Google, Google Earth, Earth yeah, yeah like, no Google yeah. Earth. <laughs> you know they were just like pulling photos out of books of New York uh, and just right. like you know like well I know that this building is this many stories and so like counting the windows on the buildings to determine how tall <laughs> stuff should be. Right, right. Yeah, they look great though. Yeah. It, and he also did the fly into with the with the glider, right? You could see the 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 city coming through and or coming toward the screen, and there's it's over the, you know, the ocean there and everything, and like it, it really sells well. And I think it's that futuristic 1997 <laughs> now. <laughs> That's what the title said. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what what's it called? Oh, yeah, the, the police force of America. Yeah, Lee Van Cleef <laughs> is so good. United States police. Yeah, oh. my <laughs> it's police force. <laughs> Oh man, um, it's happening yeah. now. Yeah, we yeah. did it. Uh, <laughs> and I, I kind of forgot how it, it had been a little while since I'd seen Escape from New York, and an extremely long time since I've seen Escape from L.A. Uh, and I've never seen Lockout. But uh, you know, not even for this podcast. Not even for this. Didn't bother to watch it. So. <laughs> didn't even bother. Yeah, I'll be checking out when you guys get to that one. So. <laughs> no, but. Uh, it, it had been a while, and I, I man, I forgot how nine eleven the the plane was crashing yeah. into Lower Manhattan. There. Exactly, that was a uh, uh, kind of a, a little bit of a chilling parallel. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> when I watched it, so does this kind of fall into the uh, the realm of you know the the a, a good sequel kind of turns out to be a you know a movie that follows similar plot points but changes the tone of the movie a bit, maybe even changes the genre completely. And I mean, I kind of felt that Escape from New York really has horrific elements. It's very dystopian sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. And then you get to mm-hmm. Escape from L.A. and it feels more like an action adventure film um, starring, you know, G.I. Joe Snake Plissken in, yeah. in his new uh, stealth outfit, you know. But, you know, this one, the first movie, I feel like is more of like a spy sci-fi tech caper. Yeah. Well, you, you, you know what it, it actually like, like structure wise feels like is like a Western. Right. Uh, Escape from New York, and then you yeah. know there there is like you said the, like a horrific element, especially when they get to the crazies uh, section. What's going on out there? Crazies. End of the month, they're out of food. Oh, the crazies! That's like the <laughs> that's like the thriller video when they're coming out yeah. of all the woodwork, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. You touch me, he dies. If you're not in the air on 30 seconds, he dies. You come back in, he dies. 
Yeah, but yeah, Finger Guy, he, he he's a creepy dude. Yeah. Is that the same guy from Assault on Precinct 13? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, he, he, he was the guy who didn't talk in Assault and who blew away Kim Richards or... Yeah. One of the Richards. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I wanted Vanilla Twist. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> in this one, I don't know, that guy, if we just pause on him for a second, like... <laughs> Such an interesting I did character. quite a few times watching yeah. this. I just paused <laughs> to send you guys text <laughs> Like he's, he's like such a funny character because it's like, you know, he's really sort of overselling it and, and being very theater student about a lot of things. And like, you know, he's got these very dramatic hand gestures and is like, ah, like a mentor, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like, touch me, he dies. If not in the air in 15 minutes, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> And like you know, he was, and he was went, talking from over here. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Exactly. Like they, they mic'd him from the back or something. <laughs> but like they, uh, and and then like later he's like, yeah. Like the, he he sounds like the little thing that sits on Jabba. Jabba. Yeah. But then later, when uh, Brain and Maggie go to you know bust out the president, you see him like drop his act. And, and you see that, like, he was, he was sort of in character as this, like, weird, intimidating, uh, I don't know, you know, right-hand man to the Duke. Where'd you get the hat? Got it from Cabby. Yeah? Traded him. For what? What are you so nervous about? You got to see the president. Who says? The Duke. No, he doesn't. Well, I'll have to tell him you said that. Wait a minute. Why are you here, Brain? Yeah. Did the Come Duke on, Brain, tell you? You to... can't be here right now, Brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were like three different versions of that guy. Right, right, Are we just calling him Finger Guy, or do we have a name for this clown? I, I like. That. I think his name was Romero. Yeah, Frank yeah. Doubleday was the actor, but they called him Romero. Awesome. Af- after who? Who do you think? Caesar. Caesar mm-hmm. Romero. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, kitties. Meet the Joker. Exactly. Probably. Nailed Probably. It. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of an actor making choices, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like... <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I love a big performance. Like, I'm a big Nicolas Cage guy, you know? <laughs> okay, yeah. I feel like it's like, it's... I, none of it is bad. Like, it's just like, a, it's a style, you know? Yeah. Some and very memorable. Some people are more naturalistic. Some people are more stylized yeah. uh, in their choices. Uh, and, you know, when you have... When you have someone who's like, Someone who's more reserved, like Kurt Russell is when he's playing Snake Plissken. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, he's certainly making choices too. As totally, Snake totally. Plissken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just because he is like kind of this, uh, uh, like going into the rewatch for this, I like remembered like, oh, Snake Plissken, he's kind of this like uh, very like taciturn sort of badass yeah. Clint Eastwood type character. Right. But he also like, Kurt Russell has this look on his face the entire movie, like someone took his toys away. Yeah. <laughs> like there's like a yeah. vulnerability there. Like I can imagine Snake Plissken being like, uh, well, at my dad's house, I can eat as many toaster strudels as I want, Steve. <laughs> Don't limit my toaster strudels, Steve. There's like kind of like a like. Snake like talking his, to his stepdad. His like, yeah. yeah, his like lashing out of author- at authority like comes from a very wounded place. That's when they called him Worm because he's yeah. small. <laughs> he had to earn the nickname Snake. Yeah, yeah. What did you guys? What do you? What do you guys think of Snake Plissken and the, the fact that he? This is his favorite character. That's what he says, or at least that's what I'm reading in multiple places that this was. Oh, uh, really? 
Yeah, Kurt Russell's yeah. favorite character, and that's why he pushed so hard to come back to this role. I'm like, even better than Jack Burton? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it, it, it's crazy because it's like, you know, this was definitely a turning point in his career. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that maybe probably gives him that, that, that association in his mind where it's like, before he was sort of a, a child star with Disney, and he was also always mm. getting these sort of like cookie cutter roles as maybe a... a teen heartthrob or something like that mm-hmm. and no one wanted uh john carpenter to cast kurt russell in this role but because he did it sort of gave kurt russell this action movie career afterwards so in terms of like you know what divergent uh, path he went on like you know this is definitely one of those forks in the road for him i mean you've got escape from new york at this time you know he did the thing right after this right 82 mm-hmm. And then you've got <laughs> Overboard, I think, is like right in there, like 84, 85. And it's like, yeah. and, you know, that's when a different trajectory started for him, too. Right. So you've got like this kind of grittiness and horror and sci-fi. And he's kind of like in these John Carpenter movies, you know, kind of, you know what you're getting. And then all of a sudden he's in Overboard. And now this yeah. guy can also be the uh, romantic lead, you know, right, like, right. he's got it all. Yeah. Kurt Russell is one of those guys that I always loved. He was like Harrison Ford. He was like always one that you like appreciated from a man's POV. Uh-huh. And then also we're just like, you understood why your girlfriend thought he was hot too. You know, you're just, <laughs> I get it. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, cause I agree, you know, cause I agree. Cause I am also yeah. attracted to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Deeply. The, the, um, I, I guess there's also like, I mean, there is a, a definite sort of sense of humor in this movie. I mean, I, I know you're talking about like overboard being more sort of a, I don't know, overt, humor oh uh, captain ron where he uh you know sort of apes his snake plissken persona with the the eye patch and all that (laughs) maybe that's what we should have paired with this instead of lockout i'd love to have watched captain ron yeah yeah. all right guys uh well let's come back next week and we'll we'll do this one yeah retake intro uh captain ron uh says a lot about the carceral state actually uh I love the fascist undertones in Captain Ron. <laughs> oh God! I right, know. Uh, did Did Jamie Lee Curtis have a uncredited cameo in Captain Ron too? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that she did the voice of the computer at the beginning. I thought they were going to say it was you know Adrian Barbeau or somebody, but yeah. I think she was just in the movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was Brain's uh, companion. Because weren't weren't Carpenter and she married at the time? I think they were right, together. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, both Carpenter and Kurt Russell had their then wives uh, in this movie. Kurt Russell's wife at the time was Susan Hubley, who was the one who gets like sort of sucked into the truck full of nuts uh, ground oh, yeah. by the crazies. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh. That was a scary scene, right? Like that, she kind of yeah. just disappears into the abyss. <laughs> like, so take was... me with you. Okay, well. Oh! <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, you think like, oh, this is going to be his like companion, his guide right. through this mysterious yeah. place. And then nope, dead, <laughs> gone. Yeah. Which they kind of did that in, in, in LA as well with uh, another. Oh, yeah. They had this yeah. kind of role that was played, but she also got wiped out, right? Like, right. Yeah. Well, it's, it. it when we get there, and I'm excited about it, but like, the, like you know, yeah. L.A. is is definitely this beat for beat remake uh, of of New York, um, just a lot more money. 
So. I just want to talk about how, because I ended up watching Escape from New York and Lockout back to back, and then I went back and watched Escape from L.A. Oh, okay. And comparing the, like, the beginning of Escape from New York, I, I think is so good at, like, setting up, like, everything that you need to know oh, yeah. about totally. this environment and what it feels to be brought into this environment, like... <laughs> The long tracking shot down the hallways as Jamie Lee Curtis is like (laughs) saying like, if you opt for incineration, please. Just like very calmly like informing you like, hey, if you'd rather just die, just let someone know. Uh, Yeah, this will be a quick and painful. You can definitely feel uh, Paul Verhoeven paying attention to this one. exactly. (laughs) Starship Troopers and all that. Yeah. 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 Robocop. Robocop. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, But then like Lockout, uh, just like... So much just exposition <laughs> at the top. Jesus. Was was it also text? Why am I blanking on this whole movie? I swear because I watched it. Because it wasn't it, memorable. It was all told it was all in like a flashback. <laughs> right. right. No, but yeah, right. There was all these like, you know, it's like um how the X Files would orient you to what city yeah. you're in. There's always like text like coming up across the bottom. They did that in this movie. Uh, but you were in a different spot but, every scene. But you're, you're just like, every 10 seconds, you're yeah. like, oh, 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 All right. Well, then at this point, I can start disregarding what it says in the, in the lower third. But, but <laughs> Escape from New York sets up the world so perfectly. It gives you, you're yeah. in it. Even if it says, yeah. at, you know, in 2022, it, it says 1997 now. You can still look past that and just be like, okay, this is a different, you know, parallel look at, at, at a future that could have been. Had yeah. this sort of shit happen, and it sets up the world, and it and it um, you know maintains that world throughout the whole thing. So it's it sells the whole time. Um, yeah. I I love watching this one all the time. I think that this one's great. Um, I like the the comicy characters in the second one a little bit. Well, I like them in a different way, but this one feels a little bit more like um, how it would actually be. You know, like these little cult, um, tribes of people together, and they right. would be like following certain. Um, false yeah. prophets or prophets or whatever you want to call them in, <laughs> at the end of the world. No, um, totally I, right. Yeah. I enjoyed, uh, not to compare it with Lockout, once again, but I did watch them back to back. How there is... It sounds more like, like a you problem. Yeah, yeah well, I, mean, I, read, I, I was like, I got a nice Blu-ray player, so I was like, I'm going to yeah. rent them on Blu-ray. Yeah, and, you know, get the full experience. Um, and... <laughs> Those were the only two I could find. They did not have Escape from L.A. in Blu-ray. Really? Yeah. Is that not where, available? Where'd you go? I don't know. They had it on DVD, but like I didn't get it further. Well, Shout Factory has a Blu-ray for it, so there you uh, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hey, you're gonna um, buy it. They just didn't have it in stock at yeah, Videotech right when Copy I went over that. there. Shout out Videotech, South Pasadena. Um, watching them back to back, it was just like you know, Escape from New York has like shows the society that these prisoners have built like mm-hmm. in the absence of anything else um and like you know they they have like you know like the drag cabaret and like yeah the, still like, shows the band. Yeah. so there are like they do it's not like this like one note portrayal of right. just like you know right. it's just all awful all the time like right they're making the best of their situation Cabby was loving that show right yeah Everyone in lockout is just like an <laughs> miserable psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, th- that's almost the same in Escape from LA. I mean, like, I mean, mm. you know, maybe yeah. you can argue uh, 
uh, Easy Rider. Uh, P- I would say that Peter Fonda. from LA even hits that point even harder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. But but it's like you know, um, but you're right. Like with, with Cabby, with the, the cabaret show, and especially like, you know, Cabby's like I don't know what unbridled joy at probably hearing the the song for the four <laughs> hundredth time or whatever. Love that <laughs> And like uh, it's it's all just sort of in a, in response to uh, them having to be in this open air prison, right? And you know, like the like as we see at the very beginning, there's like you know a couple of guys on a on a raft and just getting blown away. Uh, at, you know, <laughs> I love those setups though. Those they like the turn air. back and then they give them like ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> there's like no way for these in guys a boat? to yeah, like exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, all right, I guess you're not turning I, back. <laughs> I, I probably saw this in the in the for the first time in the '90s. And, you know, that reminded me of, like, footage I would see on the news of, like, you know, uh, like, our response to, like, Cuban refugees, uh, you know, like, yeah. right. floating over here on a tire or something. And, you know, so, so there's, there's all these things that sort of, like, you know, uh, become kind of tangible with Escape from New York and, and, and sort of ring true with our world. And unfortunately, uh, presage a lot of <laughs> some of the things that, uh, that we deal with in our world now. Um, yeah. And you're right. Like I think more so than than the other two, uh, what I call remakes, um, this one has some more of that authenticity that that the other ones, uh, you know, kind of take either over the top. Or actually, in both cases, they're they're pretty over the top. You mean the other two, yeah. or, or Escape from New York as well? Yeah, L.A. and uh, Lockout. Yeah, Escape from New York kind of keeps itself a little bit more contained, uh, a little bit more reasonable, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will. Yeah, uh, L.A. kind of goes off the rails. To- in totally. a great way, and, yeah. but it's like you know the the balance of all the the different genres, you know, like the the sort of western, the horror, the you know the, the comedy moments, um, it, even the like I don't know gladiator scene in the middle there. It's like you know there there are all these like like different um, almost different genres that, that that sort of meld together in this, and they sort of do it really well. I mean, do, can't you see this as a video game? I know I've brought that up with other. <laughs> <laughs> the way that oh, yeah. this movie is structured is like, you know, Snake gets pulled into, we don't really see the backstory, but he you gets mean pulled. Solid Snake? So, exactly. And he in, in LA, he goes in, even in the way that Solid Snake goes in in Metal Gear. Yeah, yeah. But really, like all those, all those moments or all those scenes and all those characters you meet all have, like you said, their own genre or their own tone. And then, you know, you meet with Brain and you meet with this person and you, you have to go into this area and then... All of a sudden, you're attacked by the the crazies at night, right? And you say, "Get a guy, yeah. get a guy, get a get out of there," and all that. And it just felt like he was going from like lily pad of of action to lily pad, or different scenes and and fun moments. The other ones don't really have as many consistent fun moments. I think Escape from New York. Every other every next scene is really cool, and it like really pulls you through. And I think yeah. that that would just yeah. make for a really fun game. <laughs> Speaking of that, as like a momentum thing. Yeah. Like what what's what's wild is like how. As soon as Snake gets into New York and, you know, is following the tracker or whatever, and like it leads him to find uh, Buck Flower, uh, like, you know, getting the shit beaten out of him in the sink or whatever. I'm the president. Like that that guy, you know. From Back uh, to the Future? Isn't he yeah, from Back to the Future? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's Red? the homeless guy. At the, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Crazy drunk driver. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, he maybe his typecast because he was also a homeless guy in Day Live, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so once he like finds that and like and finds Buck Flower, then all of a sudden, you know, he's like, "Oh shit!" 
you know, my, my trails run cold and he goes and like sits down and like, it's like, you know, story wise, it, it, it's wild that they, that they allowed the sort of momentum to die like that. But then, you know, he gets chased out by the crazies, you know, it goes into truck full of nuts and then we get back on track when he gets back to cabby and all that. But, uh, you know, j- just like structurally speaking, I was like, it, it feels kind of refreshing because, you know, obviously structure wise, you know, the, you, you know, screenwriting teachers and everything else would, would uh, tell you not to do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, they do sort of pull it off here. And, and I guess maybe in, a, in the sense it works because you're you need the sort of respite from the sort of like just relentless drive that the movie has. Because the intro is pretty, pretty relentless, too, right? Yeah, yeah totally. I would say that that moment uh, definitely seemed reminiscent of me. And I don't know if this was a deliberate homage um, to uh, Toshiro Mifune in uh, Sanjuro and Yojimbo. Because in both of those movies, there are moments where he just kind of like sits and thinks and like scratches (laughs) his beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Because he's trying to figure out what his next move is. Right. He's watching the two... Gangs fight each other in the street, and he's just, you know, yeah, exactly, exactly. He's laying in the cut. No, that's a good, uh, that's a good call. That that is probably, (laughs) that that is probably in there somewhere, deep in the DNA of uh, this one. Um, also, like, if we can uh, talk about uh, sort of brain and uh, and that whole world for a minute, I, I love how we we get introduced to, um. The actor's name, I'm blanking right now. Harry Dean Stanton, mm-hmm. uh, Brain. And he's like sitting in this like giant library. And in the <laughs> middle of the library, there's, there's an oil derrick. <laughs> Which, you know. Oh, guess, right. Like, yeah, in the background, it's pumping. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> so and the explanation intense. is that like the dude keeps him around because he figured out how to make gas so it's like there's an oil deposit underneath new york city so first of all (laughs) All he he found an oil well underneath 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 manhattan and then secondly (laughs) underneath the new york public library (laughs) (laughs) and secondly yeah exactly it's like a ghostbusters uh outtake but then like like, secondly it's like you know he found what he can refine the the crude as well it's like yeah (laughs) there's so many steps in this process yeah Yeah. And he must have been pumping a lot, right? Because they always had like a caravan of like eight cars every time yeah, exactly. he went somewhere. It wasn't like they exactly. were conserving the gas. You know? And th- those are like, you know, like whatever, like, you know, yeah. six ton Lincolns or whatever. Gas with, the, with sh- yeah. chandeliers Boats. in the front. Yeah, yeah with chandeliers. <laughs> uh, I love the The Duke is such a cool look though, man. When, when he, it, It's so cool because there's the, the music that goes along. I mean, obviously Carpenter's known for how great his music is in the movies. Yeah. And it really does kind of drive the tone. And like when the, when the Duke first comes up and you see that uh, big parade of cars, man, it, it's right, just, caravan. it's yeah. a vibe, you know, it's yeah. just yeah. so hard. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I almost wanted to hear Isaac Hayes' real music. <laughs> exactly, at yeah. Shaft. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so we, we, we meet Harry Dean Stanton, and it turns out that Snake and Brain go way back. The history, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if you caught this, but like, okay, so Snake is pissed because, you know, Brain apparently abandoned him in KC uh, <laughs> because, because Snake was late, right? And he was like... Bullshit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Me, you, and Fresno Bob. <laughs> But like I, I was getting these like echoes of Straight Time, right? It's like yeah. you know, that's it's exactly how the robbery goes wrong in Straight Time, 
Right. With Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean, yeah. He's yeah. The, yeah. He was the problem there. Yeah, exactly. Well, he wasn't the problem, though, right? It was uh, Gary Busey. Yeah. Gary Busey was a problem. Yeah, didn't but show yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, exactly. With Harry Dean. I, I think the, 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 the dialogue, and this is fun when they always talk about, oh, Snake, what happened to you in Cleveland? And oh, is that what happened in Pittsburgh? It's like there's so much there, you know? Like yeah, you're right. seeing one version of this, like in New York, and yeah. you're like, what the hell has this guy gone through? He flew through? the golf fire they, in Leningrad. <laughs> they actually did shoot a, uh, a bank robbery scene for the beginning of the movie. Totally. And yeah. it ended up getting deleted. I watched it. And it's like, you know, it's not a bad scene. It's a bank robbery scene. Uh, it's probably too much backstory. But yeah, it's like, I think it's better if it's like you just leave uh, Snake's background as a, as a spaghetti incident. We're introduced to him from the back. You know, it's just we're walking yeah. up with this mysterious guy that's shackled up. We'd have yeah. no idea who this dude is in the MC Hammer pants, you know, and you're like, <laughs> who the hell's this guy? And well, it, I, it's it, more mysterious. It, it also like kills that that sort of like relentless momentum that the beginning has. Yeah. To do that. And, you know, I don't know if you've seen it, Brian, but it's like the way it starts is like there is this uh, long tracking shot through a bank and, and it looks like there's these like tall filing cabinets. And so it looks very similar to uh, John Carpenter's very first uh, student film, whose name I'm forgetting right now. What was it called? Uh, Captain Doctor's, Underpants? Not Dr. Mystery or whatever? Or mis- yeah. I forgot <laughs> what, what it was, it too. We- <laughs> it wasn't that good. God damn it. Hang on. No, we're going to find out. <laughs> Sorry. It was definitely Captain Underpants. Oh, Captain Voyeur. That's what it was. Uh, so it, it, it looked very similar to his... Uh, his student film. And then, you know, it's like this long tracking shot, maybe uh, a la Halloween. And uh, then it's sort of revealed that this janitor we're following isn't a janitor, but it's Snake Plissken and he shakes his hair out and he was robbing this place. But then he like gets on the subway and like there's like a really cool idea about like this, like, I don't know what, uh, transcontinental subway system. Yeah. When they were heading to San Francisco? Yeah, exactly. I, I saw yeah. that scene. Oh, okay. And, you know, but, but like, you know, essentially they're like, they get on the train, they're like, oh, great, we made it. And they, they start to take a nap. And it's like, okay, well, they, yeah. it, it doesn't have the same momentum Ooh. as. It's not going to make any stops in between. This is an express train. Yes, exactly. <laughs> How long have they been sleeping? They don't need to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he fell asleep with absolutely no lumbar support. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure his neck was destroyed when he woke up and. You know, St. Louis or wherever he was. With billions of, of bluebacks or whatever yeah. the hell the money was. <laughs> yeah. Greenbacks? No, bluebacks. Swear to God, Eddie. Swear to God. <laughs> What's the big payoff? The president's promised to give whoever helps me a million dollars. Oh, yeah, a million greenbacks? I got 10 million of them in the next room. <clears throat> bluebacks. Oh, come on, Snake. Bluebacks. Swear to God, Eddie. Uh, I will say uh, I love the ending of Escape from New York. Uh, how, like... You know, like, I think a yeah. lesser movie would have the president learn his lesson, yeah. have the president be like, hey, maybe it's not a good idea to just uh, turn an entire city into one big mega yeah. prison. Uh, but no, he doesn't give a single iota of a Doubles shit. down, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he does not care. <laughs> he, give, he, he fucking turkey shoots uh, Isaac Hayes. He off, does. Off the yes. side of the... <laughs> Taking pot shots. Oh, I'm, I'm at the top of the prison. Yeah, it's exactly. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> which, which at the time, I'm sure had echoes of Attica. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, popular culture has forgotten that one. 
but uh, yeah. at, at the time, like that, that was a that was a huge deal in the late seventies, and you know the, the guards essentially were just like you know mowing down prisoners. Right. And here we have the the, the uh, British uh, president of the United States, yeah. uh, <laughs> who sometimes attempts to have a southern accent, but most of the time doesn't. Uh, who like just like blows away this prisoner, like you know, shoots him like four hundred rounds. <laughs> yeah, a dude who's already in prison. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who cannot escape? Yeah, the uh, I, I wonder. I would love to know more about like the because I assume like it was released in 1981, so it was probably made in 1980, mm-hmm. um, 79, 80, yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, um, but like I don't know what the production cycle is, but I wonder if like some of this was looking at like like oh, it looks like Reagan's going to win the election. I wonder uh-huh. how much of that. Uh, like influenced. Well, I, I read that Carpenter wrote the film between '74 and '76, and it was a reaction oh. to Watergate. Mm. Right, but you know, I, and then I'm sure they, that like, changed. Yeah, no. Th- then he and oh, Nick yeah. Castle got together and, like, you know, kind of reworked it for what became the shooting script. But yeah, but I mean, yeah, you're right. Like the the sort of original outpouring of the idea. Because I, I I had that I, that thought too. I was like, man, like I, I wonder if he was inspired by the Warriors. Yeah, but. According to uh, you know him and everybody else uh, who was behind the scenes on this, like he he did write it much earlier hmm. than was able to get produced. Uh, but uh, also, there's this like just this great moment where you know uh, uh, speaking about the bridge scene, there it's like uh, where Snake is trying is like pleading with Maggie to like uh, you know get it together and and let's get the hell out of here. He's dead, Maggie. He's dead. And uh, yeah, and and she's like not listening to reason, and she like you know takes the gun, and like as she's like pulling the trigger, there's like this like almost sexual ecstasy on her face, and you know, every time she's like she pulls the, the fucking trigger and like and somehow misses the duke each time. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, you know, speaking of uh, acting choices, that that was such an interesting one there. I need to go back and watch that. Yeah. No, totally. Adrian Barbeau is a legend. Especially yeah. in in these genre of films, and well, she was also in the Fog, right? So this that was another uh, Carpenter yeah. film. It's twelve forty three, and I've got four in a row for you right here on KAB. Welcome to your very own Map to the Stars. It's me. Sure, we all know the big one wiped out the entertainment industry here in LA, but the glamour and excitement of Hollywood is still alive. Escape from LA. Escape from LA. I love LA. I love LA. So you said you hadn't seen this in a very long time, Jeremy. This one is very yeah. special to me because this is probably the only or the first John Carpenter film I saw in a theater as like a, when I was growing up. Okay. And so that I, I thought it was awesome back then. It's definitely not that great now. I get it. <laughs> it's not as good as Escape from New York, but I think it is a decent sequel slash remake. Yeah. I mean, you know, they sort of market it as a sequel. Uh, and, and they talk about it as a sequel, and they sort of reference things that happened in New York. But man, it is just a remake. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's like e- Evil Dead One and Evil Dead Two almost or something. You know, it's like they, they they redo it but with more money. 
Right, but in Evil Dead 2, yeah. they, they use that money for really cool, bigger effects <laughs> and makeups and all that stuff. In this one... In this one, somehow the special effects look worse? <laughs> they went with the CG at the time, which was not Oof. up to par, and it's, it's yeah. still not good. There was some Sega CD graphics there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet if they remade this movie with new gra- new uh, effects, I bet it would be pretty... pretty it would, it would hold up, at least. I think it would be very watchable uh, with new effects. I was very charmed by the dated CGI in this movie. <laughs> like once I once I got used to it, I was like, yeah, yeah this this works for this like <laughs> kind of like pop comic book uh yeah. like style dystopian Los Angeles. Yeah. Like the weird compositing and everything, yeah. like uh it's certainly not to keep going back to Lockout, but there is a there is a CGI sequence in Lockout. Awful. That yes. looks oh the chase. a hundred the, the times motorcycle. worse than yeah. anything in Escape from LA. I didn't even yes. know what was happening in that scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was just fast. Oh, just yeah, I'd, I'd watch all the effects in Escape nightmare. from LA over that, over that chase. <laughs> yeah. Day, to be honest. Yeah. At least you could see what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, the the, uh, the shark from uh, Universal Studios almost getting his uh, his little submarine I there. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I kind of think that Escape from L.A. is uh, John Carpenter's version of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood before uh, Tarantino did it. And it's like you go yeah. through all these different L.A. Um, areas and like little uh-huh. highlights and, and, and monuments. But he does it more of the, you know, dystopian future way while Tarantino did yeah. it in the 60s way. Um, but. You know, this was kind of his love letter to all the little places in uh, in L.A. or L.A. proper or outside of L.A. even with uh, Disneyland or yeah. Happy Land or whatever the hell they called Happy, it. Is. Happy Kingdom. Yeah. Happy, the, Happy Kingdom that mm. went bankrupt. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the most That's... magical place on earth. I want police chopper to come and get me at the Happy Kingdom no later than 5 a.m. Once I'm airborne, you know all the action takes place in 2013 but when does the sort of narration start it's it's a little after oh because we new york right because we see the uh the I big think one it starts in 98 or something because because we watch the big oh, one yeah, in yeah, some yeah, in yeah. some and bad that, cg yeah and that and the, yeah the the, the cg yeah, bonaventure like having a real hard time coming down there <laughs> that's what's like so frustrating about it's like you know there's like Okay, there's the shot of the Bonaventure, and it looks terrible. And then there's like the shot of like that freeway collapse that they shot with a, a giant miniature intercut between that and like some of the freeway columns like breaking away and like these these giant like you know flat chunks uh, of of CGI graphics. But like in between the CGI thing, like they, they had this like really nice like practical thing, and and you know they obviously spent a lot of money in this movie. This is I think carpenter's biggest budget movie and you you just kind of wish that they would have done some of the other things with with the model work you know what i mean yeah i agree like when they could have it seems like they should have was that just kind of where where movies were going now and that they you know they're like oh there's this new process and we we want to try it out because it's new and it it will save us time and time money and etc you know but but it's not going to look as good, you know, like what, did, what, what does the final product look like? You know, at least somebody must have asked that, right? Like, yeah, cause it's it, it, some of it is like the helicopter at the end is really bad. The, the way that it like unfolds and like yeah. turns into like a transforming right. helicopter. Oh, man. I, 
I have a feeling there may have been some over-promising and under-delivering yeah. going yeah. on. There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Listen, our effects house can handle this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. Okay, we, we've, we've got two days before its release. Where's the shot? And here it is. <laughs> <laughs> but while the effects aren't that great, I think that the characters are really cool in this. I think Steve Buscemi's Eddie yeah. is really awesome. Now, Steve Buscemi is like playing a Don Knotts character in this. It's, it's so kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then and I, I like I like Hershey. I like I, I like that character. Um, I, I love uh, Hershey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and also Peter Fonda. Did, didn't you bring up Peter Fonda originally too? Like yeah, he he was even a cool character. That kind of he was like the shadowy, strange character <laughs> yeah. that would just pop up. But you know he had a purpose. Far um, out, so, Snake. Yeah, I love that. You know, <laughs> it's the big Watch one. Up yeah, acid rain, man. How nineties is this? Like, when was acid the last rain. time? Like, what happened to Acid Rain? Was that yeah, like it's still around, right? Do we Acid Rain every day and then it's just like, you know, no one notices? I think we just got used to it. Or like no one talks about it? Or is it like the ozone thing where we, you know, fix that? <laughs> the, yeah, the ozone thing we fixed. Acid Rain, I don't think we have fixed because I did see a headline <laughs> recently that like some international uh, like science agency declared that there is no place on Earth now where the rainwater is safe to drink. Jesus. Hell yeah. So if you're collecting rainwater in a barrel, don't drink it. Yeah. It's yeah. not good for you. Wow. Wow. Anywhere you we go. We did it, folks. We did it. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, we've oh, done The it. entire world, apparently. <laughs> An unpotable world. We finally did yeah. it. Do well, not only, drink only the water. 70% of this planet <laughs> is unpotable. That's Unbelievable. My friends, become addicted to water. It will take hold of you, and you will resent its absence. This movie starts off with sort of a, a, a Christian fascist uh, minoritarian rule, uh, you know, sort of. Uh, oh, that seems familiar. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> it is designer viruses. Uh, Lab leak theory. Okay. Wait, wait, we just false turned flag. A, we, we went. We went full false flag. Yeah. No, but th- it's like yeah, exactly. Like they they uh, they they missed uh, just by ten years. Uh, all all these little uh, these 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 horrible predictions. Um, and and we've got Jerry Falwell, president uh, Cliff Robertson. Uh, you know he gets uh, elected somehow, uh, president for life. And what's great about the sort of exposition moments in this one, right? Because we're hitting all the same beats as, as New York. You know, it's like okay. L.A. has this huge earthquake that, you know, sends it out into the ocean and then they, you know, set up a, a wall full of uh, gun turrets to, uh, you know, keep the undesirables out of, uh, you know, the <laughs> Christian America or whatever it's called. <laughs> and th- there's like this, like, these like throwaway lines where it's like we get an impression of what Cuervo Jones is up to. Right. And it's like, uh, I think um, Stacy Keach and uh, that other woman uh, that are that are walking snake through what's happening here you know they're, they're describing cuervo as this sort of 21st century uh simone bolivar and bolivar was like kicking out all the spanish uh throughout mm-hmm. the uh sort of south america and that's sort of their uh you know christian christo fascist american perspective on that uh but by the time we meet you know uh cuervo it's like okay well <laughs> he's just like some right 
fucking weirdo. He's, he's some asshole. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I bring you the death of Snake Plissken. <laughs> it's like, okay, buddy. I give you the death of Snake Plissken. You like, they set up this world uh, there too, and like you know the uh, daughter of the president this time, not the president uh, himself, um, is is the one who. You know, crash lands from Air Force Three or whatever, and uh, you know she's got the MacGuffin this time, uh, as opposed to the 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 uh, the the, <laughs> the cassette tape, which is uh, just like I don't know. We forgot to talk about the the very ending shot of uh, of Escape from New York, which is Ripping fucking awesome. The... We just like it shreds the yep. tape. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got little CD players, or yeah. a little a yeah. little CD player in this one, right? Are you gonna kill me now, Snake? I'm too tired. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in, in, in this one, you know, uh, Utopia, the AJ Langer character has got uh, got got the uh, the MacGuffin. When we see the sort of internal workings of what LA has to offer, um, it's it's definitely a little different than uh, than New York. You know, it there's a lot more going on. Uh, funny enough, like the cinematography is so bright. For the nighttime uh, exteriors, it's, it's like everywhere you look, it's just it's extremely yeah. bright. Um, which, of course, like that sets it apart from the the really sort of wet and really dark New York yeah. setting. Which you know, again, like it just it has that sort of moodiness to it. But but maybe like you're saying, Ryan, like it's maybe this is more like sort of a comic book perspective with you know the you know uh, maybe the like an earlier like '60s comic book with like you know the brighter colors and. And bigger characters and yeah, like Louis Skolnick, yeah. the bald Louis Skolnick from Revenge of the Nerds, uh, yeah. the guy that's throwing knives <laughs> at the yeah, the yeah. one that Snake's looking for. Right, right. <laughs> what do I look like, a fucking tour guide? Right, exactly. Or, or the or the Bruce Campbell character or something like that. The Surgeon General of oh, Beverly <laughs> Hills. What? A, <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> it's like, what's wrong with these boobs? My God, they're real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then also instead of the crazies in here, they have the sort of Omega Man druids. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> come out oh, and yeah. like search for for parts. <laughs> Jawas. Putini. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> By the time we actually meet Cuervo, you know, it's like okay, he's he's just you know the some lunatic uh, who doesn't even have the um organization set up the way that uh that isaac hayes had set up in prison in there but his whole thing is that he wants to get out and take over america to to stop it or whatever right but using the electromagnetic pulse yeah using the MacGuffin device to uh to shut down the world yeah literally put (laughs) us back into the stone age the way that they described it well no like what he wanted to do was you know shoot that That, into the Christo fascist states of America and shut that down. But like, Oh, so let, it wasn't, Oh, I get let's, it. Let's sort of Latin America take over. Yeah. Gotcha. Shutting down the whole world is what snake opts to do at the end. Right. Got it. Okay. <laughs> right, no, I was right, confused right. on that. Yeah. That's what he does, right? Like he yeah. literally does shut down the world. What's it do? Top secret. Only on a need to know. Evidently, I don't need to know. So fuck you. I'm going to Hollywood. There's something about this movie where it's like, okay, like I, I really love the setup for it, and then you know, you, you sort of, you sort of get into the the submarine thing, and it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's hard to take, and then, you know, the, like it, 
snake rides the tsunami into the into the, <laughs> you know all, all these little things where it's like i i uh I, I started to tune out a little bit i actually like you know was was watching it in one sitting and then you know when they started like hang gliding into the sort of like uh disneyland at the end there i was like okay well i'll, I'll pick this up a little later well that's pretty much the ah. end though you you went pretty yeah. far into the movie to stuff yeah. i i did and and i was like you know what uh <laughs> I've, I've had it with with uh, escape from la but what I will say is that, like, after that, like, basically, like, if I had just, like, stuck around for the last 10 minutes or whatever it was, uh, it got to a really interesting place. And I, I think it really sort of sticks the landing, in my opinion, where it's like, like you're saying, right, it's like, you know, he he decides that, uh, fuck it, all this needs to be shut down. And he's going to, you know, st- nuke all technology, like, Snake, you're going to throw us back uh, 300 years post-industrial revolution. Oh, no. And you know you, you see what uh, what all that uh, that industrial revolution has wrought, and it's like, well, what's the fucking difference? Let's turn this thing off. Start it over. Let, yeah. let's, let's restart the computer here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it uh, really speaks to Snake Plissken's like. And this is something I think is is a through line in both movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the people with whom Snake Plissken ends up aligning with and empathizing with are the people who society has thrown away. Yeah. Uh, and so those people like by and large for their, their reward is for helping snake Plissken is that they die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like snake Plissken is like, I thought you were dead. Yeah. Yeah. And so snake Plissken, you know, at the end is like, you know, if, society keeps taking away the things the people that i care about then what good is society totally you know that's my read on it what really pissed me off is that you're right everyone does die including all of the people from big trouble in little china that made an appearance all the the guys yeah. from the the wing chung and the the other side great al leong i'm i'm i'm, I'm yeah. on the name but they were all in big trouble in little china when i saw that i'm like this looks like a scene for big trouble mm-hmm. but they all die in the back of the helicopter in some unglorious yeah. fashion and i'm just like come on like yeah. give them a better out like have them fall out or something but it's just like the cg fire yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was so the first time i tried to watch escape from la i fell asleep about 45 minutes in um Second time I watched it, basically through the like tsunami surfing scene, I was like, what is this? <laughs> what am I watching? Yeah. Um, where I started to get back on board and where now like thinking back on the movie, I have a positive impression of it, uh, was when we meet Hershey. Uh, mm-hmm. Pam Grier comes in to the movie and uh, it was actually like, the hang gliding into Disneyland is what got me back on board. I was like, they're hang gliding into Disneyland. This is, I'm not going to deny to myself that this is not, that this is not great. This on is paper, fantastic. it's awesome. I was, I think in practice, it's awesome too. <laughs> they're throwing bombs from hang gliders yes. onto yeah. Main Street, USA. Weren't they building Come them on. too? Like they're, like those were like yeah. just like, yeah. Homegrown bombs. Oh, God. It was like the flying monkeys from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of yeah. throwing shit, they were throwing bombs at people. The wind's up. Come on. Let's go. That's interesting that, uh, that you had the, the exact opposite read of, of the hang gliding scene. Uh, but, you know, I, again, I, I feel like the, 
the ending kind of like uh, brings it all home. And man, how much? Okay, so Snake has shut down the world. All of technology is now void. And uh, I don't know what he's like sent us into uh, an agrarian uh, hunter gatherer society again. And um, when he goes to like light his like last cigarette in that you know chewed up little pack of, of cigarettes, <laughs> how much were you really expecting the sort of you know Anne V Coates, you know cut from uh, Lawrence of Arabia where it's like you know he blows out the match and we just cut to black, Ooh. but uh, you know instead we we got the fade out and we got the what does he say like welcome to the human race, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then the white zombie starts pouring in. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the human race. Oh, that's the other thing. So, you know, of course, we, we return to our beloved uh, Escape from New York theme. But, you know, it's all they also add a, a much more sort of twangy spaghetti Western sort of like jaw harp uh, sound yeah. to it. Oh, yeah. And, you know. When he like hits the like six 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 on the on the like whatever device to to shut down the world and like and, and the music comes in for that you're like even though the CGI looks like fucking stupid it like it, you were like hell yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> because the music was rocking so hard for God's sake don't do it snake my name's Pliskin. So since we we spent so much time in this movie uh, in Escape from L.A. like worrying about satellites and things orbiting the planet, um, perhaps that's where the rumor that uh, the next sequel to the Escape series would take place in space. That was a rumor, really. That was a rumor, and it was something that was like circulated. Escape from orbit in the early early two thousands. Yeah, Escape from Earth, Ooh. or it's like you know, sort of circulate on the internet and you know as it turns out i don't know what it was just some internet bullshit rumor or perhaps it was like based on like the fact that john carpenter was doing ghosts of mars and it was sort of a western set Mm. uh off the planet that you know oh maybe this is you know going to be another escape from fill in the blank uh type movie but funny enough we go from uh this internet rumor to uh you know 2012's Lockout. What happened in that motel room? Uh, it was coupon night and I was trampolining your wife. You're a real comedian, aren't you, Snow? Well, I guess that's why they call it the punchline. When I first saw the trailer for this, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, <laughs> you know, Guy Pierce is like a legitimate actor. What's he doing in this movie? Yeah. Secondly, like, he's got the, the fucking, you know oblong you know wristwatch you know he's got the like gravelly voice you know the president's daughter he's like in a, in a prison island it's like what the fuck like, like <laughs> the, how did they get away with this and it turns out they didn't get away with it they didn't because uh they, they got sued uh for plagiarism uh because luke besson yeah. who wrote the uh the lockout uh and whatever Europa company or whatever had to end up paying John Carpenter uh, and I think Nick Castle for, uh, for 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 ripping this thing off. And you know, so I had never seen 
uh, this movie other than the trailer. Then I heard about this little uh, this little snafu with uh, <laughs> with with the, the plagiarism suit, and thought it would be a, a, f- a funny way to tie this all in. But after watching it, I'm thinking maybe you don't want to have your name associated with this movie, and why bother doing the lawsuit? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah just let him have that one okay <laughs> so are you saying you guys didn't care for this one or what are your thoughts? oh my god yeah. yeah it's rough when we started talking about it uh i remembered another thing about this movie that i didn't like that i had forgotten about and yeah. like i had to just like put my face in my hands because uh, like George Lucas deserves a uh, uh, should have gotten in on that lawsuit because uh, they just they just one hundred percent rip off Return of the Jedi uh-huh. in this. They fly into the space station to drop a bomb. Uh, oh right. come on, right, 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 right come on! Right. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, you're right. I, there's probably a lot of scenes in this where I've kind of excised it from my memory already. Yeah, um, but yeah, this damn, is one right. of those movies where it's like uh, there's like this like ugly future aesthetic right but this is one of those where i can't tell if it's supposed to be dystopian (laughs) or if it's just cheap if it's just topian yeah yeah no this one it's like hey uh can we do taken but in space and it's like yeah that seemed kind of like the uh the pitch here and they're like yeah yeah, i can do taken in space but it'll also be escape from new york and escape from LA. It's like you know the the president's daughter will be there, uh, and like you know, uh, we'll we'll have you know have him have the goddamn yeah. wristwatch and all these other things. What if every line out of Snake Plissken's mouth was a quip? Everything coming okay. out of Guy Pierce's mouth was a quip. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He didn't have any regular dialogue. No, yeah, he, no. He he was like a, a you know joke of the day calendar of like <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, Come on, October 29th. No. <laughs> Boy, this calendar talks a lot about fucking my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the, the writer was on a deadline. He had to kind of like, you know, whip some things out. And just, yeah. With that attitude, I can see why nobody likes you. Oh, come on. People love me. Just ask your wife. <laughs> One character that does an insult of the day calendar and then 150 NPCs. And it's yeah. just like, you know, th- yeah. speaking Played of by good vi- actors, video games, it's like, you know, th- this one, like every single character is just like a, a nonsense, like faceless drone of like, you know, replaceable villains, you know, even Stormare, uh, Peter Storm, who I <laughs> really like all the time, everything that he does, oh, I God. really enjoy. And this was really hard to watch. And it and was hard to watch because he looked like, you know, Giuliani sweating hair dye in this. Yeah, thing. exactly. That like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, exactly it's, what you it mean. is like. Black, uh, you know, painted on, you know, uh, you know, Van Dyke beard and, you know, it's like slick back hair. Oh, boy. And the two antagonist brothers, like, just kind of. <laughs> the one was okay, I guess, you know, the leader, but the other Are, are you talking was... about the, the bootleg Gerard Butler? Oh, my God. In less than an hour, all these people, including young Emily Warnock here, will be the only thing keeping us alive. You don't mess with your poker chips. When that guy, like one other guy, like asks him, "Why don't you just cut him loose?" and he's like, "I can't. He's my brother. He's my brother." <laughs> I was like, "Come the fuck!" Yeah, on. I laughed. 
I audibly laughed yeah. out loud at that part. Like, yeah. was, there were a lot of moments that I'm sure I wasn't supposed to be laughing. Like you, I was <laughs> roaring. Yeah. Luke, you laid no groundwork for that whatsoever. <laughs> Why don't we just kill that lunatic? Because he's my brother. But at least they, they changed his name enough. He wasn't Snake. He was Snow. Yes, yeah, he's Snow. Two letters. <laughs> Marion Snow is his full name. And Tula, they rolled for a vowel. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh. Last name Snow, first name Marion. My old man was a big John Wayne fan. If you can rewind your memory all the way back to the very opening scene. Oh, yeah. I'm there already. I got it. You got mm-hmm. it. It's just, it's yeah. this, like, tight close-up. In two, three, five of, uh, you know, a very disaffected uh, Guy Pierce, And, you know, someone asks him a question. He looks at his <laughs> quip of the day calendar, comes back mm-hmm. with a quip, gets like punched off screen. And he comes back on, you know, he's got a little blood on his nose. To wipe on his name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cigarettes bent. Yeah, exactly. Cigarettes bent, exactly. You know, he <laughs> quips again, you know, gets punched again, you know, more, more makeup and stuff. You know, so I was like, oh, that, that's kind of a, a, a fun opening. And, you know, it, it's, yeah, you get, the, you get this like cool, like progression of like him getting his ass kicked. And, you know, we're sort of being introduced to the uh, rough and tumble Marion Snow. Um, but then, you know, just you know, two seconds later, we, we get this like series of flashbacks that look like outtakes from Taken. What happened in that room? And it has this, like, you know, uh, straight-to-HBO 90s action movie music playing. And, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, all all that aesthetic work that you just did in the very opening, just throw out the window. Yeah, when a movie peaks aesthetically within the first (laughs) ten seconds... You know right. you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> this is a bad sign. Still yeah. got an hour and twenty minutes to go yeah. here. Hour and twenty five minutes. You're looking at the yeah, watch. You're like, oh boy. Seconds, I was like, oh, is this like maybe like a slept on sci-fi right, right. action classic? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That I'm about to discover, and it turns out the answer no. is no, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't stop thinking about that car chase. Oh my lord! <laughs> Are you talking about the GTA cutscene? So I mean, that's that was what you were talking about, right? With yeah. the CG being terrible. Oh my god, it's so bad. I just couldn't like fo- nothing I couldn't, has couldn't follow what nothing, was going on. It was just no, it was a, it was super fast. He was going in between lanes. It was like cutting into close-ups of him and like getting like really strange like reactions, and then it would go away. It was almost like uh, it felt like Benny Hill, like when it, when they sped up yeah. the video, you know? It was like, right. Yeah, you know, it's like exactly. ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like uh, it felt like you know, like P Diddy had a real cool idea for a music video in like 2002. <laughs> And it didn't end up working out, but they still had all the footage. So in 2012. Ten, ten years later, they got <laughs> Pierce in there. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, my God. Because, like, the, the, like, nothing has, from what I could actually see, yeah. like, nothing has weight. Everything is going no. way too fast. No physics at the all. The physics are, are completely off. <laughs> And then, I and can't it, tell where the ground is. But, like. but, but you look at that, and then you look at what they did with in an Escape from New York, a traditional matte painting, which is oh you know, yeah, right. just. But it still sells. 
And even the composite in L.A. was better than what we got in Lockout, you know, like (laughs) that was just straight bad CG. This is like this is an interesting progression of of filmmaking. So we go from 1981 to 2012 and each step of the way, the special (laughs) effects get worse and worse, (laughs) like noticeably worse. Like not like you could. There's like no arguing. Yeah. Yeah, No arguing that that they're. they're, (laughs) Oh, well, this one's okay. No. None of them are good, you know. I have a feeling there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, in exactly. lockout. Yeah. Hey, 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 come on, come on, guys, play nice. But I mean, it was it was such a weak story too. I mean, just from it didn't seem to go anywhere. There was no twists and twer- turns outside yeah. of the uh, brother uh, of the of the villain. You know, you find out that this guy's the brother. That was probably the biggest twist of the movie. And then you find out that Lenny uh, Lenny James. Um, is actually a, a double agent or whatever. Oh, right, right. Yeah, at the end, which, you know, he's the good oh, guy God. throughout the whole thing. Probably the best actor in the movie, to be honest, and then you know, <laughs> yeah. he ends up being the bad guy. God, how terrible was that reveal, by the way? It's like... Uh-huh. Oh, so... <sighs> really bad. <laughs> also, like, just like... It, and, and it turns out, like, that Snow was just some, like, you know, self-righteous cop the entire time. It's like, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Like this, like uh, that, like. <laughs> did, did I walk into another fucking movie? What is this shit? <laughs> I uh, I don't understand. What I don't understand is is how you knew the combination. That's that's what I don't understand. Like they pull this, like fr- like. 180 at the very end where it's like actually the police are awesome (laughs) right yeah that was the big twist we spent spent 80 minutes showing you how fascist and awful these cops are but turns out (laughs) they're great (laughs) turns out they're really cool the space prison was just a whoopsie doodle yeah Yeah, look fucking blowing up all of the prisoners (laughs) On this, yeah. uh, this island prison. Whoopsie. You know, Escape from New York and Escape from L.A., like, they both have philosophical content to them. Like, there's yeah. something to chew on uh, right. in terms of, like, what it says about, you know, human commentary. nature, society. Yeah, yeah there's, there's commentary there. There's, like, there are ideas being engaged with. Yeah. Lockout tags. <laughs> on the other hand. Nothing. <laughs> Just no. an empty void. I think, you know, when they describe something as cookie cutter, this is exactly it. It's oh de- yeah, devoid of anything, any substance at all, you know, with, with <laughs> even the outline sucks. <laughs> even more so than, than the couple of things that I noticed in the trailer uh, for Lockout, you know, there were a couple other things that like were sort of direct references or, or ripoffs from the Escape from New York slash LA world. I mean, you know, Snow ending up with, the MacGuffin tape or whatever it was at the very end there. Uh, I don't remember what it was. He had, <laughs> was it? he had it the whole time, right? Like, yeah, wasn't, right. wasn't that in, in the pen? Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> I was watching that. You're going to have to rewatch the movie. I checked now. out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do not. Okay. <laughs> no, I absolutely do not. <laughs> That's where you're wrong. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know if we want to count it, but maybe the, the sort of like hang glider parachute situation when he, he after he, he like oh space dove God. through the atmosphere. 
But instead oh. of landing in Disneyland, he lands in New York. <laughs> he just lands on the the narrowest looking freeway overpass I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's oh so my goofy. god, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah they, like, they parachute from space and just land in an embrace in front of what like looks like the background of like a bowling alley screen when you go strike. <laughs> That's funny. Your bowling ball's a spaceship and it flies into a bunch of pins and knocks it down. A double. <laughs> oh no, a split. But but the other thing that that like so the the place where the MacGuffin was contained or the other MacGuffin was contained, which is that briefcase they were trying to get that like somehow the guy from The Walking Dead, you know, and Snatch like you know, got the 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 combination too, and it's like, ah, no one told you what the combination was, buddy. Oh no, you're the mole. That was the twit yeah, or so, the so, so, <laughs> so that uh that briefcase, like that whole sequence and like and what snow was doing there was very very much like the uh deleted scene snake bank robbery uh where like they go into that subway and in escape from new york and then the sort of deleted scene and so like so not only (laughs) were they ripping off the two produced movies but they also got the deleted scene and ripped that off too (laughs) no one has seen these they were deleted rip them off use them i think we can use this one (laughs) was that their argument in court yeah (laughs) It's different because we included the stuff that you didn't. Yeah. So it's different. Listen, Your Honor, you don't understand. Like, Escape from L.A. bombed at the box office. No one saw it. It's okay. We can use the president's daughter. It's okay. They pay you well? Matter of fact, they did. No, they really did. And how much was that exactly? How much was Frank's life? Does the number even matter, though? I hope they put you away for a long time. You know, I don't think they will. You of all people know that they like to keep all this, these kind of things on the down low. My guess, I'll do three years tops and minimum security. And you want to know why? Because they need people like me. But I guess speaking of uh, of bomb at the box office, uh, you know, lockout kind of came and went. Uh, and I, I wonder why. It's weird. Mm-hmm. So it did get a theatrical release though? It did. Or at least I saw the I trailer in the, the theater. For really? a hot minute. I yeah. do not remember this movie at all. This is the only time I've ever heard of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for good reason. But thanks to this podcast, now I can't say that anymore. And I've actually watched this piece <laughs> yeah, of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we should have had a disclaimer at the beginning of this. Like, uh, <laughs> listen, watch Escape from New York. Uh, and if you feel up to it, watch LA. But please, for the love of God, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't watch Lockout. <laughs> Just look it up. Ryan, this was a, a good time talking about these films. Even even the shitty ones are fun to talk about, aren't they? <laughs> Thank you. They are, yes. Because I got I got someone to like, I, you know, I just got to get it off my chest sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's healing. Do you have anything you want to plug or, or anywhere that uh, folks can follow you on the interwebs or anything? Like yes, that? absolutely. Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at RJ Hitch. Uh, I'm on Twitter at R James Hitchcock because um, I did not have the foresight to make my usernames match. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're in the LA area, you can see me perform comedy uh, around town. Uh, I, uh, I host 
a monthly show at the Pack Theater called Surf Advisory. Hang ten, Snake. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, I am also uh, involved in a new uh, comedy theater that is the first certified black-owned comedy theater in Los Angeles called Excellent. The Ledge Theater. The Ledge. Um, we're doing shows. The Ledge Theater. Uh, we're doing shows on Fridays uh, at Skiptown Playhouse in Hollywood. Excellent. That was probably the best plug that ever, anyone's ever given us on a show, by the way. That was very, yeah. very Thank well you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Your countdown clock has now terminated function. Your time is up. Our next time, we'll be talking Val Luton films with a special returning guest. We're going to be talking Cat People from 1942. I Walked with a Zombie from 1943, and The Body Snatcher from 1945. Pretty excited about talking about these finally. Right, right. I mean, we, you know, we, we kind of teased this one uh, a long time ago, but, um, you know, we finally got around to doing it, and I, I think it'll be a, a fun little uh, exposition, or expedition? Expedition? Exploration? Expedition? Something. It's too much exposition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> getting, getting back into some gothic horror. Uh, but from a uh, you know, slightly different perspective. A low-budget perspective. How about that? Love it. Good evening. Although I shall not be present at this uh, historic summit meeting, I present this in the hope that our great nations may learn to live in peace. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Please make sure to subscribe and follow us on all the podcasts and social platforms at the Grindhouse Institute. And if you really want to give us a boost, check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It helps us to get noticed. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll be back next week. Ciao. What did I teach you? Uh, you are Duke of New York, you're uh, a number one. I can't hear you. You, you are the Duke of New York. You're a number one. <laughs>